Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago, but those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I, I just haven't been able to figure out why this Piers Morgan sense of entitlement has bothered me so much this week. I mean, yes, I should be incised, obviously, but why is it bothering me so much? And then I thought about it. His neck matches the neck of Austin Kroll on Southern Charm. And when you think about it, they both have the same level of audacity. See, you know you've reached peak audacity when you get that neck, that gullet-type shape in your neck that they both have. You know you have reached the highest level of audacity. That is what you call unmitigated gall neck, okay? I finally figured it out. That's why I hate his ass. I hate Austin Crow. It's probably a few more uh, uh, seven neck wonders out there that I'm hating on too, but we'll get to those later. It's your weekly roundup episode of Me and You, The Housewives and Marvel 2. Baby, let's get it.
Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Y'all, I'm trying something entirely new this week. I keep like the longest running notes in my phone from the like the entire week when I'm recording a podcast episode, basically my script. And I actually have it thrown up on the TV right now. I'm trying to do something a little more laid back, a little more comfortable, you know, doing that screen mirroring on the the, uh, Samsung TV, trying to, you know, uh, uh, make it a little more, make me approachable, as they say, make a little, you know, a little more uh, come hither. So I got the, the notes on the TV. Child, honestly, the reason I did is because these notes so goddamn long this week that the thought of looking in this phone the entire time was scaring me, so... I decided to put it up on the TV. We got, I, you know, I dropped basketball wives last week. I'm sick of their asses. I'm not talking about them anymore. But my girls, my girls, my favorite reality TV show, Married to Medicine. They are back on our TV screens as of Sunday, and I am ready to talk about it. I'm going to start this episode off with a new show, and I'm going to end it with a new show. I'm not going to tell you what that new show is. Because I want to surprise some of you. Y'all have been in my DMs, bussing my head wide open into the white meat shows about this one show. Yes, I watch it every week. I was going to wait and, you know, start a Patreon one day and make it a Patreon exclusive. But damn it, I'm into this season just like y'all are. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Before we get into the reality TV shows, though, I thought we would start off maybe talking about a little pop culture, the way that... I kind of do throughout the episodes anyway, but let's just go ahead and start having a little pop culture section before I get to the reality TV shows. Now, just a couple of things, because this has been a big week in pop culture, so let's just touch on a couple of the big things before we slide right into Merrick the Medicine. Don't slide too hard on them doctors go have to wrap your ass up with uh, some gauze and some bandages. First off, the big thing, of course, the interview with Oprah, Meghan Markle, and Prince Harry. Child, what's Harry last night? I don't even damn know. They go to show you what I know about the Royals. I The closest I know about the Royals is the crown. I watch the crown every week. I mean, not every week, child. Every season, I love me some crown. But that's mainly because the acting is so good and the budget is so high on that show. I live for the crown. I root for them every award season because they always put out stellar work. I love it from start to finish. Now, the actual people, I don't know. I don't know shit about you. But... I know enough about Mary. Look, I see that. I can get him a whole little, uh, <laughs> an amalgamation. That Look, Mary. We just go call them Mary. Prince Mary. Megan and Harry. I know definitely know enough about them because, well, how can I say this? She, she, she black. So, um, you know, she, she's mixed. So, I, that was the only reason I started caring about this story. I just know he was going to see some girl. Uh, in a certain part of California, I was like, now, wait a minute, what is what is happening here? So I followed their story. I watched the wedding, you know, early in the morning, just like everybody else. I've been into it. 
they did an interview this week talking about all the things that they've experienced the past four years, basically, which led to them ultimately giving up their senior titles in Buckingham Palace and moving to Canada, then, of course, moving to the United States. Now, some of the things discussed in this interview, re-fucking-diculous. They talked about some of the staff saying that they were concerned about the color of Archie, what color he was going to be. Now, y'all want that damn concern. Y'all act like, uh, (laughs) let me stop because I was about to go on a tangent. We was about to talk about colorism and everything. I'm not going to go that deep into it because we've been having nuanced conversations all week online. But just know that I want to fight everybody in Buckingham Palace. Everybody in Buckingham Palace. He kept saying, you know, I'm sure my grandmother didn't know anything about it. Well, she might have been complicit, sir. And that was all the hell I need to know. So your grandmama, and then, you know what, let me stop. I was about to say she can catch these hands too. That lady too old to be catching hands. You know, just your grandmama is complicit. We'll say that. I'm sick of that shit. But all of that to say, Pierce Morgan, go to hell. Go to absolute hell. I don't care which hell you go to, but make sure you go to one of them. He had the nerve to be the entire loose neck bastard that he is and quit his job because people were calling out how ridiculously coded his language has been surrounding Meghan Markle as compared to any other royal in history. He threw a temper tantrum, a hissy fit, a little hissy fit. I'm talking about drop to your knees, get on the ground, do the crybaby. That was him. Got off the show and now he's quit his damn job. Well, guess what? Thank you. Nobody cares. Who gives a damn? We happy. We didn't like seeing your ass nowhere. We shit, We can't even see you over here. We just, I just the only reason I know you is because you interviewed Beyonce one time. And then you started talking bad about her after that. So you've been on my list for a long time, bastard. You know what? Let me move on, y'all. I told y'all last week that... Something happened, and I was very happy about it. I got my first COVID shot. So I am test one positive. What's the shit called? I don't know. I've gotten my first dose. Hell, you know what the hell I'm talking about. I've gotten my first dose. I didn't even feel bad. Really. The only thing that was hurting me with the first dose was like where they actually stuck me. And it wasn't a like vein injection. It's a muscle injection. So I didn't feel the shot. Uh, that sound like me bragging like I got a whole lot of muscles. No, I just literally didn't feel the damn shot. She stuck my ass. I went down to the cafeteria because apparently at the, the hospital I go to, the my cousin worked there, child. That's another story, y'all. Stay out of my business, okay? On Thursdays, they got the best chicken in the world. Child, I went down there. I'm, keep in mind, it's before I even clock in at work. This is 7-something in the morning. I don't work at a hospital. I work at home. Y'all know this. I went down there, got me some uh some of the good ass fried chicken that they have on Thursdays. I met, had the lady make me a waffle. I came home that day, worked my job, and around two o'clock that afternoon, I put all that shit in the air fryer. Let me tell you something. I had the time of my life. I one, I had a dose of the COVID vaccine, and two, I was eating chicken and waffles on a random ass Thursday. Oh, I was having the time of my motherfucking life. Let me tell you. I go back for my second dose later what is it uh when if you're hearing this today it comes out in two weeks i'm very excited about it child my family somehow like half of my cousins you know it's a thousand of us so 500 of my cousins got the shot last week too which is really weird like they i don't know how all this coordinated but now they're trying to plan a trip 
I'm like, look, this vaccine too new. Like, let me shake it up a little bit. Let me do a couple cartwheels and make sure it get through my body good before I try to go on trips with y'all. I'm ready. Wherever the hell they're trying to go, I'm trying to go to. I'm so sick of being in the goddamn house. Not really. I'm actually okay with being in the house. I'm, I'm not trying to be around people like that. No way. But I'm just saying, I'm if, if they want to go, I'm going to go too. Okay. One of the other big stories this week was Triller has acquired Versus. I feel like that's a really big thing. Like, congratulations to Swiss Beats, Timbaland. They now, I guess, have, I don't, I, child, I didn't even look at the deal. Y'all know me, I'm the laziest goddamn journalist <laughs> on the damn planet. I, I, I just report on headlines. If you, if you want the real facts, if you want the, uh, the body of the, the news article, you at the wrong goddamn place. I ain't got none of that for you. Triller has acquired Versus. So I guess now they got more money to pay bigger names to come on there and do the versus battle. Congratulations to you. I love to see it. Two black men winning. I'm a black man. I hope some of that winning trickle down on me. Let me uh start a few more podcasts. Maybe I can start a network. Y'all know y'all give me a little, you know, yeah, 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 something, something to pass down to me, okay? Speaking of black men, Cardi B is married to one, so <laughs> that's what you call a smooth transition, okay? Cardi B, her Bodak Yellow is Diamond. Diamond, that is... So if y'all don't know, no other female rapper in history has a Diamond record. That's fucking huge. And if you don't know, Diamond means 10... What is it, 10 million? 10 million souls. So that song alone has 10 million copies sold even though we're in the streaming era so i'm not sure what that translates to for streams but it's even bigger number for streams so that's a ridiculous feat congratulations cardi you even in that new uh child i don't know if it's google or what it is but there's a new google commercial out for women's history what is it? no when international women's day that's it there's a new commercial out for that cardi b her moment where she wins her grammy is out there i mean cardi you winning your new single is Papa Lopping. You winning, Cardi. I feel you. You winning. I was about to bust out with a rhyme. Let me see what I can do for you. Uh, child Cardi B. Okay. No matter, because I was about to rap Lil' Kim. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to show my age a little bit. Let me move on. Everybody, I've crossed over 1,100 followers on Instagram. I hope y'all keep following me. I've passed 50 reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is huge for me. I'm still a small podcast, so... I'm so appreciative of all the reviews, all the followings, all the likes, all the shares, everything. And because of that, I have a giveaway coming out. Give me about, ooh, till I think I'm going to start it on Monday. I'm going to drop it, give y'all a week to, you know, uh, get, get your ducats together. And then it's a big giveaway. I'm working with two other accounts. You're going to love it. Stay tuned for the giveaway. And now let's go ahead and get into reality TV. Because, child, we got a whole week to talk about. This has been a week and a half of reality TV. I told y'all I'm going to start with Marriage to Medicine. And then I'll just wait and tell y'all what I'm going to talk about as my last show. Because, man, oh, man, have y'all been wanting me to talk about it. And guess what? I'm going to talk about it. Okay? Praise Jesus, Allah, uh, Vishnu, any deity that receives your praise and rains down blessings upon you, go ahead and praise them now because our favorite MDs are back and that's a fact. Now, see, it was the devil that got rid of Mariah Hook. <laughs> and I don't give a good goddamn what y'all say. That was the devil. But 
I will say this premiere gave me everything I needed. It's still a fantastic show, so I'm not going to complain too much. We're dealing with not only COVID from the perspective of people of color who are on the front lines every single day in the hospitals, but we're also seeing people of color dealing with the racial injustices that are going on in America through the lens of dealing with, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless other people. We love to see it. See, we kind of got a taste of it on Atlanta. We're getting a continuation of it. Well, this is Atlanta too, but the real housewives of Atlanta, but we're getting a continuation of it on here. And I love to see it, man, oh man. And I feel like, see, my biggest issue with some shows is I feel like they try to take on big conversations that they don't have the bandwidth to handle. And see, that's why I can't watch Basketball Wives anymore because I feel like it's insulting my intelligence. So I can't watch Basketball Wives anymore. But shows like this, Married to Medicine, where everyone is able to have such an informed conversation that actually pushes the narrative forward. I love it. We start off the story back in, I think it is July of 2020. This is so random, but you know they do like those short compilation clips of everybody living their day-to-day lives. It's good to see that even the doctors have fucked up Wi-Fi. Child, Contessa was doing their telehealth. One of my best friends who's actually a PT in New York, he's been doing it for a full year now too. And child, I know the telehealth's been giving his ass the blues. That Wi-Fi was, I'm talking about that Wi-Fi was B.B. King for her ass. It was giving her the blues all damn day long. It was Willie Hutch, okay? Child, let me stop. Y'all don't know who the hell these people are. Do y'all listen to the blues? I love me some blues. Don't get it twisted. Y'all know I'm in Memphis. I go down on Beer Street, listen to the blues all goddamn day. Don't play with me. I just know that Contessa got Xfinity because AT&T ain't doing, (laughs) is not doing people the way that Xfinity is. I just know that. I know jelly. I know that's jelly because jam don't shake like that or whatever they're there to say, child. Look, I'm so goddamn off topic. Dr. Damon is doing a major testing initiative and they're going to, you know, poor neighborhoods and black neighborhoods to do this COVID testing. You know, black people were disproportionately affected by this pandemic, by this Panda Express, by this Ponderosa. We were disproportionately affected by it. Dying at higher rates, we had way more uh, underlying illnesses. You know, we don't get treated how we're supposed to get treated at the hospital sometimes. Y'all ain't ready for that conversation, but that's another thing for another day. Even with something this serious, you can always count on heavenless country ass for a laugh. Heavenly goes from arguing with Jackie because <laughs> Jackie told her to pull her mask up as if Jackie, uh, you know, just, just uh, being the worst person on the planet to asking Jackie if she's her best friend now, now that her and Simone then fell out, child. <laughs> Why did I forget that Dr. Jackie and Dr. Simone were not on the same page? I have forgotten all about that. It's really kind of sad. That's been like their friendship is fractured. And this mainly what the episode kind of centers around. They have been our core friendship since the beginning of the show. Chad, well, Chad, Mariah and Quad used to be, but that, that friendship broke up faster than an Oreo and a glass of milk. <laughs> Them motherfuckers were friends for one season and were literally mortal enemies the next. Mortal combat the next season. I'm talking about one of them was Jax, one of them was Sonya. They was fighting their asses off. Apparently, all of this 
with uh, Jackie and Simone stems from the same shit that they discussed at the reunion last year. Simone possibly not defending Jackie during that whole uh, Buffy is infertile gate child. Do y'all remember that poor Buffy? Buffy was just caught in the, uh, in the crosshairs. She didn't do nothing to nobody and Jackass got up there and yeah, Buffy, you know, you infertile. Damn, Jackie, you telling all that later business. She didn't nobody, damn, I'm, Jackie, really? I loved seeing Simone and her son, Michael, because, wow, Michael has grown up. That's a whole ass man right now. And, child, before y'all ask, look, he was born in 2002, so it's okay to look, I think, right? Y'all nasty. Anyway, their relationship, I've always loved. I've always loved Simone's relationship with her kids, her two boys. They've always been the funniest and most loving family on this show, in my opinion, they talk about him going to a small college and how he'll deal with racism. And, of course, guess where the school is? Of course, it's in Tennessee, my home state. Child, raggedy ass state. See, I'm in Memphis, so racism don't exist. <laughs> Psych! Just kidding. Now, but look, I have to argue with Chad Karen's every damn day, and I'm not talking about Karen Clark Sheard, okay? There is a bomb in Gilead. I love that Simone and her son can laugh about sex like that. I I don't know too many parents and children that have that kind of relationship. So whenever I see it, I'm in awe because it's the way I feel like it should be. Simone said, who's going to buy you all them condoms? And he said, you know, I don't use them. And they both cracked the hell up. And, he, you know, he's like, of course, you know, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It it's obvious that Simone has kind of fostered this relationship or this environment or both rather where they can both like have these kind of conversations, which I think most parents need to do. They not go do it, but hell, that ain't none of my business. I'm not y'all parents. I'm not raising y'all. So whatever the hell y'all parents want to do, go along with it. They say in the Bible, uh, child, what the hell the Bible said? They say in the Bible, uh, 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 don't dishonor that. What is that? Honor that parents. Y'all know what the hell I'm talking about. Go read your Bible, you heathens. Let's switch over to Toya. We see her biggest worry in the world right now is not being able to play golf and tennis and all this shit. Meanwhile, Eugene comes home and gets rid of them COVID scrubs that he has on and talks about being on the front line and people developing other symptoms and everything that doctors are dealing with on a daily basis. Then they talk about their marriage and basically I kind of love this conversation because it's one of the things that people really haven't been talking about. I feel like this past year, we hear so much about like, Oh my God, they tried to live together during quarantine. It didn't work out. They, they hate each other argue. We don't really talk about the state of marriages because doctors especially are working from sun up to sundown. So we hear about the average Joe, like, you know, the construction worker and the, the whoever living at home together. One is not able to work or they're both not able to work or even if they are working, they're so stressed out and all this kind of stuff. Doctors are literally gone out of the house all day because they're on the front lines of a whole Pandorosa. So... What the hell is the state of them? I, I just love that conversation because there's no other show even that can offer us that kind of look. I guess Dr. Pimple Popper could. Hell, I don't know, but I, child, I'm behind on her. I got to catch up on Dr. Pimple Popper, okay? Now we get to go see what Cone, 
Tessa and Scott are doing. You know, Cone Tessa. You know, Cone Tessa. This is super interesting because it's two doctors in one house and they're both parents. Parents and spouses. So you know their relationship is probably struggling. They had to get Scott's niece, I think her name is Paris, and her girlfriend, Ashley. Child, we're going to call you Ashley. That's your real damn name. Paris and Ashley to come and look after the kids every day while they're working. Child, them kids learning yoga and meditation and massage therapy. <laughs> One thing they ain't learning in virtual, they they damn sure ain't learning no damn uh, writing and arithmetic. Ain't nobody, I didn't see no computers, no damn laptops, no notebooks. Them motherfuckers in the backyard. They were in the backyard doing yoga and splits and kicks and stuff, child. If uh, Cone Tessa look like it, I love it. Ain't nothing I can say about them ain't my damn kids, hell. Shout out to all the teachers because I know, whew, I know this shit is just as hard for y'all as it is for these raggedy-ass students. <laughs> we go to Jackie and Curtis, and Curtis is coming home with all the groceries, and he's wiping everything down. I know the fuck that's right, Curtis. He wiping off the bananas. He wiping the cream of wheat box. He wiping the Rice Krispies, the Cookie Crisp, the Tater Chips, everything. Curtis said, I don't know who been sneezing on all this shit. Y'all ain't about to trick me. Then they kind of talk about, like, the reconstruction they've been doing at the house. And, you know, they, child, you know, that's been Jackie main concern. She don't even care about that man cheating no more. She's just like, look, if you go cheat, let me build this damn bedroom. So <laughs> let me stop. Dr. Jackie, I'm just playing. If you need me to sell that, uh, that damn book you wrote, just let me know. I advertise anything. I don't give a damn. Look, the, uh, what's it called? The word V, vagina. I have one, me. I see, I can, I can sell anything, Jackie. Just let me know. I'll sell that book for you. It's really funny that Curtis kind of now seems to be the voice of reason. He is talking to Jackie about her relationship with Simone. And I guess, well, I'm, I'm acting surprised, but child, all that cheating your ass better be the motherfucking voice of reason. You ain't got shit else to be. We still ain't forgave you for that shit, Curtis. Hell, you too damn big and too tall to be getting away with cheating. Well, listen, we go see you every time. We go see you. If you cheat, listen, child, Curtis, you are too damn big to be cheating on somebody. That's like, you, you see, that's why I was so surprised that I think Shaq cheated on Shawnee. Shaq, who, how the fuck you cheating on somebody? You seven foot five, 300 pounds trying to cheat on some damn bad. They know that's you. Curtis, we know that's you. That's you. We know that's you. Child, let me move on. Heavenly is gearing up for Damon's 50th birthday party. And child, she got Easter baskets filled with crab legs for her guests. I know that's right, Heavenly. Look, as much as I'm laughing about it, that's the kind of gift I want. Mary Cosby, you can keep them uh Louis Vuitton headphones because I got AirPods. Give me them king crab legs and you know some 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 potatoes and some 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 some, some andouille sausage and some, some 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 corn on the cob. You know, give me. I want a motherfucking boil bag, okay? When I leave the function, Toya was in there slurping and burping all over them damn crab legs. I know that's right, Toya. Toya says shit. I don't get to eat at the house. Eugene be eating up all the goddamn. You know what? <laughs> Let me not do that to Big Genie. I like Big Genie. Let me tell you something. That shuttle ride from Toya's house to Heavenless house was the funniest shit in the world. If I don't like nobody on this planet, 
I love me some tequila Toya. Eugene said, let's have a toast. Toya said, toast to what? We ain't got no restaurant to go to, so we got to go over Heavenly House. I Listen, why did that remind me of Little Women Atlanta? I got to live with a beer? <laughs> Monty, like, look, I've been through a lot of shit. Now I got to live with a beer. This is too much for me. Toya said, we went from five stars to three stars. Listen, Toya, you're not going to do this to me this season. I can already tell you gonna be the damn fool this season. Mariah and Quad, Chad, uh, uh, Quad making a guest appearance, and uh, uh, Mariah ass all the way gone. I can already tell Toya this is about to be your season. You about to be a whole fool. You probably about to be the good guy, the villain, everything. And I'm, you know what? I'm here for everything you offering me. Okay. We then kind of see the inside of a different sprinter, and Con. Tessa and Jackie talk about their relationship between her and Simone. Tessa urges Jackie to, you know, just be honest and just move forward, even though she knows neither one of them wants to be the weaker one. Jackie gets emotional, but she refuses to cry because she paid too much for her damn makeup. I know the fuck that's right, Jackie. Look, I told y'all last episode, I'm on my Mary J. Blige shit. 2021, I'm Mary J. Blige. I'm not going to cry no more. I'm not doing this shit with y'all. Jackie, I feel you on that. And you paid for that makeup too? That tired ass makeup? I know that's right, Jackie. Jackie, you strike me as you know how the, the rich girls in Atlanta, Portia and all them be going around sitting up uh, paying all these people. I, I was trying to name somebody. Hell, I don't know about to do makeup in Atlanta, but paying all these people to come over their house and do their makeup and stuff. Jackie, you, you just so practical. You strike me as somebody that still, like, make you a MAC appointment at the mall. You probably all at Lenox Mall in Atlanta getting your MAC makeup done. I feel you, Jackie, and that should be high. They be trying to charge for that little stuff. I wouldn't cry either, Jackie. Just remember, Jackie, Mary J. Blige, Mary, Mary J. Blige, Megan and Harry, Mary, Mary J. Blige, not going to cry no more. Go listen to that song, and you will not cry, and you'll have to, you won't have to get your makeup done at MAC no more. Child. They finally pull up and it becomes awkward as fuck when Simone finally gets there out there sprinter with Toya drunk ass. While Jackie and Simone are giving each other the bare minimum. I'm talking about the bare minimum. Toya comes by hollering, talking about, I knew they had crabs in a bucket. <laughs> and then she walking by, you can see her with one of them COVID crab leg Easter baskets that uh, Heavenly got on the bar to hand out with people, child. I know that's right, Toya. Look, Toya came on a mission. She like, I'm going to get drunk, I'm going to get full, and then I'm going to go to fuck home. I don't even want to be here like that. Over in the corner, the men start having a real conversation about Black Lives Matter, about COVID, all from the perspective of black men who have to deal with both spontaneously. Now, this is a voice that is definitely unique to this show. It's one thing to be a practicing doctor on the front lines of a pandemic, dealing with everything they're dealing with. But when you walk out of the hospital as a hero, you also have to worry about if you'll make it home. Now, that's some powerful shit. Hearing the stories that these doctors who have been treated unfairly and have had guns pulled on them, not the police, that just shows that no matter how educated, rich, or whatever you consider yourself to be, it supersedes socioeconomic status. So that's just a little food for thought because I, I live... I, this whole conversation, when it's that nuanced, I love every minute of it. 
they all start gathering around the women and heavenly asks Simone off the rip out the gate. Why she asked Simone for specific reasons as to why she hasn't heard from her. And then Simone <laughs> can respond and it goes left. Heavenly said, I'm tired of apologizing now. I'm not going to apologize no damn more. I ain't kissing nobody's ass. Simone said, you don't have to. She said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not kissing nobody's ass, child. Tequila Toya jumping in her drunk ass and said, yeah, y'all rolled out on the floor and hugged it out. And uh, they got drunk and and and, uh, and faked it out. And all the kind of, to, look, Toya was sick of it. Toya drunk ass was over that shit. Heavenly said, uh-oh, Toya drunk. And Toya just stared at her, sipping at that damn tequila. Like she was ready to fight Heavenly ass. Now look, Toya, we know you can fight because, see, I've been watching y'all since season one, so... So, Toya, I know you can fight, okay? <laughs> the way you was cracking holes with them uh, purses on that, by that pool in Mariah House. See, I remember that stuff, but we go, we go move past that. I'm not going to judge on your past. I'm going to judge on your present, okay? Simone says, as I was saying before Toya started throwing a temper tantrum, baby, Toya said, ah, ah, and then she started going in on her and Heavenly. Heavenly was ready to put her ass out, but Toya said, I'm ready to go anyway. I know that's right, Toya. That's some shit I do. Me and my sister, we didn't got put out of so many damn places. We just, Listen, and as we getting dragged out, we said, I've been thrown out of much better places than this shit. <laughs> and then get our ass thrown right out. But you know what? This ain't about me, okay? This is about Toya. Toya said if that shit was genuine, they would have been reaching out in December. She said, bitch, it's summertime. <laughs> and y'all sitting up here ain't reached out to each other in six months, but y'all talking about what happened to the friendship. Y'all didn't reach out to each other. It's both of y'all fault. And on that note, Toya rolled her ass up out of Heavenly's house, and she she damn sure took that crab leg bucket with her, and she got on down. Let's keep it in Atlanta, and let's talk about these real housewives of Atlanta, because Atlanta, y'all showed y'all asses this week. Cynthia's wedding planning is pits. Pits, okay? Drew calls and gets an update because apparently she's supposed to be singing in the wedding. She said, well, do you want me to sing Monica, Angel of Mine? Angel of Mine. See, Cynthia, I would have did it for free. No, I'm just playing. I ain't coming there down super spread a wedding and I didn't have COVID too. Uh-uh. Fuck y'all. Cynthia asked Mike if he liked that song. That man, he didn't even look up from his computer. He said, yeah, I like it when Monica sing it. He, that man didn't know Drew was on that phone. Cynthia turned that phone and said, look, Mike, it's Drew. That man looked at him and said, hey, Drew. <laughs> Cynthia, see, you messy as hell. You know you can't be popping up on nobody. You got to, when you on FaceTime with somebody, you got to do all of the introductions. Like when you walking in the room, before Mike even knew that you were coming, you supposed to say, yeah, girl. And yeah, let me go down here with Mike. Let me see what Mike doing. You got to preface all of this shit. Now, see, Juden got her feelings hurt because uh, she know that man don't think she can sing. But child, I mean, I'm guessing she doing it for free. So Mike, don't complain here. Y'all on a goddamn budget anyway. Cynthia, not Cynthia. Child, what's the lady name? Kenya. Kenya has a FaceTime conversation with her dad. She's trying to basically convince him to come for Brooklyn's birthday. That man said, hell no, all them damn people. Now, I know that's right. That's just like me. Look, y'all know I got this uh, round one of the COVID vaccine. I'm not leaving my house for the next three weeks. 
minimum, okay? Until I get that second dose, quit playing with me. Then they got to talking about uh, Mark filing a divorce, and Kenya's dad really can't offer her much of, much of an opinion because, hey, uh, he don't even know Mark. I mean, he barely knows the man. She got married in secret, barely had him around, and of the three years that they've been together, they've been separated for a year and a half of them. He has to offer her some like generic ass hallmark reading card ass advice because he don't know if it's applicable to her situation or not. <laughs> he could have grabbed a, a, just a random uh card from Target. You know when you be late to the birthday party, you stop at the gas station and get a card to write in and just put your night love Kendrick. That child he could have read some shit like that because that man don't know Mark from the next man off the street. He know Mark about as well as we know Mark. Drew and Kenya meet for dinner. Kenya pulls up and Drew is already there doing vocal exercises and do re mi fa so la ti do, si nothing da do, all that type of shit. Child, that conversation starts to go left fast. And Drew said, ah, ah, let me order a drink. Tito's and pineapple, please. I know that's right. Kenya says that she can't trust Drew and she lists out the reasons why. And Drew brings up Kenya not telling the other ladies about the private jet. Child, somewhere along the line, this became a goddamn musical. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Drew said, you won't let me talk. Kenya says, that's not something we can speak about. Child, I, didn't, I ain't know what the hell was going on. Effie, we all got pain. <laughs> Kenya thinks all of this is a reach. And she moves on to talk about Ralph and the new house and all that kind of shit. Drew answered this shit and then she turned that shit right back around to Kenya about her not being able to bring her daughter. Neither one of them will bag down and I kind of love that shit. They argued for about 15 good minutes straight. Their salmon got cold. Their drinks got watered down. The mosquitoes started swarming. Chat Kenya called that waitress over there and got that check quick as hell. And then they started arguing because uh, Drew wanted to split the check. But Kenya said, no, I don't do that. Broke bitches split the check. <laughs> Drew said, well, now nah, me and my friends do. Kenya like, well, y'all some broke bitches. Have you seen your wigs? Okay, no. She didn't say all that. But Kenya, you'd be low down if you said that shit. You might, I know you was thinking it, though. See... I feel like y'all just either need to fight or something because the stuff y'all fighting over now is just stupid as hell. And you know when you just don't like somebody, you just fight over any and everything that you can think of. That's the situation with Kenya and Drew. Cynthia and Mallory are riding around and they getting it. Hey, it's mine. I spend it. Hey, child. The list of shit going wrong for Cynthia's wedding is long as hell at this point. Mike's ring doesn't fit. She's down two bridesmaids or bridemaids, as Nene says. Uh, her mama dress don't fit. She looking like a can of Pringles in that motherfucker. Noelle's dress doesn't fit. At this point, Cynthia needs to uh, let them folk walk down the aisles in bikinis and Reeboks. Because trying to fit in the dresses after being in the house on lockdown for months, that ain't the move, baby. While they're talking about everything they see the story break on page six about two cast members slurping and burping all over, all, all over Bolo at Cynthia's bachelorette party, which leads us to the next thing. Marlo's pumpkin patch event. Now, how the hell Marlo planned this event, I'll never know, but there's some, some random ass shit for Marlo. But Candy pulls up and tells Marlo that the news has leaked. See, they're all saying they're page six, but I distinctly remember 
B. Scott breaking this story. Shout out to Taria from the What Else Is Going On podcast for pulling the receipts and proving all of us fan pages weren't crazy as hell. B. Scott broke the news on her podcast like six days before page six even got a hold to it. And then Kenya uh, fucked up and said, you know, I don't even talk to page six. Now, if it comes to, you know, B. Scott, then that was probably me. Which I guess we know who leaked the damn story then, huh? We found out earlier that Cynthia already believes that uh that Kenya leaked the shit. And then we found out later on when LaToya gets her little confessional with that, uh, bitch, it's King Dong and the Ting Tong, then the Chun Li, and the, she had that same hairstyle that Nicki Minaj had in the Chun Li video. LaToya, you want to be a rapper so goddamn bad, but we found out LaToya wants to be, I mean, LaToya is the one that believes that Kenya did it too. So, child, Kenya, I guess, I guess you the culprit. I mean, I'm not pointing no fingers, but you did it. <laughs> child storm finally arrived i mean uh drew sedora finally arrives in an aurora monroe storm x-men wig when she finally gets there they facetime cynthia and they find out that she didn't do a prenup cynthia you got all of these damn businesses and endorsements and now you want to do a postnup uh, okay uh, uh uh if you like it i love it i guess we see Latoya and Drew actually having a good moment. Them folk realize at some point that Portia isn't even there. They call her and Portia and got lost on the way to the damn pumpkin patch. She didn't pass two outlet malls. She didn't went by Narnia. She went over there to Oz, you know, kicked it with Toto and Dorothy. She didn't went to Zamunda, seeing what Garcelle was up to. She didn't went by Acapulco. She didn't went everywhere. You just need to be glad you didn't go to uh, Bath and Body Works the way them folk were fighting up in there this past weekend. Now, they, listen, Google it. That ain't my business. I tell y'all, I'm standing about them people being that they weren't black either. I was like, oh, hell no. There's a lot of shit going on. I bet I won't go up in there no more to get them uh, glittery-ass hand sanitizer. <laughs> Why my coworkers used to laugh at me all the time? Because when COVID, I, I always kept my office stocked with them little bitty-ass Bath and Body Works glittery-ass uh uh, hand sanitizers i would keep them in my damn desk and people would come by and get some all day long oh but then when corona broke out all of a sudden my hand sanitizer ain't good no more okay then well y'all get y'all real shit then and stay the fuck up out my office anyway kenya and drew start to recap their dinner for the ladies and it's as big of a mess as the actual dinner was kenya brings up the fact that drew was doing vocal exercises and that's what got the rest of the ladies they're like well I don't do that at dinner, but I guess, you know, they they like, okay, well, whatever makes your boat float, as Martin says, because I didn't child. Drew and Kenny, I wish y'all would just fight and get it over with. Anyway, Portia finally shows up, and they tell her about the pumpkin patch, because she's missed the whole event at this point. They tell her about the, uh, basically about all the conversations regarding the leak, the leaking of the story about Bolo and his schlong and Tanya and, and Portia and Drew and Toya. I'm just saying Portia. Well, first Marlo, actually her and Marlo actually kind of get into it. Marlo feels like people have backed away from her ever since she made up with Kenya. Portia said that's all in her mind because she's barely even spoken to Shamia, who's her best friend. So don't take it personally. They just, I guess, agree to let it go and they move forward. The end of this episode, man, Kenya finally 
goes and gets some therapy and it reveals she's revealing a lot in the scene. She's talking about past domestic violence. She's talking about dating a much older man when she was like 15 years old and how she responds to people because of her mom. The actual therapist, see, y'all been sitting around uh, peddling Dr. Sherry and Dr. Jeff so long on these reality shows that they don't actually help none of these people no damn more. Whoever this therapist was is who y'all need to get. That lady, and that she was the business. She need to be helping y'all. I'm tired of, y'all remember uh, NeNe ran up out of Dr. Jeff's office and read the dog fuck out of him and he followed her and then she got he got read some more and then that lady left. See that Dr. Jeff, you can't help nobody. You couldn't even help the damn Braxtons and they the craziest motherfuckers on TV, so... Child, that's all I got for Atlanta. Let's go ahead and move on. I'm going to keep it with Bravo for a little while. Let's go ahead and talk about oh, the real Housewives of Dallas. Y'all know I always let out those long sighs when it's time to talk about Dallas. Y'all know this is a Tiffany Moon stand podcast, and I can't stand the way they're treating her in Dallas. We pick up where we left off last week, where Tiffany is giving Brandy way too much grace, way more grace than she deserves. And finally, Tiffany tells her, I can't stop being Asian. If I'm a constant reminder, then you know, basically ain't shit I can do about it. After this serious moment that Brandy created out of nowhere, and I mean out of nowhere, Carrie says, let's all hold hands and jump in the lake. Keep in mind, the woman who complained about Tiffany saying the type of toilet she has, uh, 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 you know, all in her house and how many of them and the closet and the finger, you know, all this kind of stuff. All this to say about Tiffany's home just has to mention the fact that her sandals cost $2,000. And who am I talking about? Of course, Cameron Westcott. Just saying. After jumping in the water, Tiffany kind of has an epiphany. What the fans have known basically the entire the entire season. She's Tiffany 2.0, and she's been a good sport all week, but no matter what she does, she will never be enough for this group. Tiffany leaves them to go to the shower and to go to bed, and they all come in her room, and no matter how many times she says that I'm tired and I just want to sleep and I'm okay, they keep pressing her and pressing her and pressing her, and finally... She breaks down. Now, see, this is the shit I hate. Have you ever been genuinely like, okay, and somebody keeps asking you why you're mad about something, and you tell them, I'm not mad. Yes, you are. I can tell you, I'm not mad. You, I just know you. I'm not mad. And then you finally have to do that shit so much that you finally get fucking mad, and then it's a whole problem. See, that's what they did to Tiffany. Tiffany kept telling them I was okay, and then she ended up breaking down because all this shit came flooding to her. See, if y'all would leave people the fuck alone in Dallas, none of this would be happening, and we wouldn't have to keep celebrating Carrie's birthday over and over and fucking over again. After they finally leave out of the room, she tells Deandra that her entire life is constantly trying to win battles and that her self-worth is directly tied to her parents constantly telling her that her worth is dependent on her potential earnings. Now, see, that's a whole lot. I know a lot of people, no matter what the race is and ethnicity, a lot of people can probably relate to that because especially when you come to, it's probably not a racial thing. It probably deals more so with economic class in the first place when she told that story about her dad constantly like anytime he got another job 
they would go up in like the type of house they lived in instead of like saving the money and all that kind of stuff. That makes me think that her family was probably always afraid of going broke at some point. And so they probably pushing her to be like, okay, don't be like us. Be the best you can be. Be a doctor. Do this. Do that. So you can live a life. Hop in my ride. Stash this. Hold that. Be cool. Turn the sound up and roll that. You know, a little web. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Tiffany, I feel you on that one because, well, child, let me stop lying. My parents didn't give a damn what I did. I was just like, look, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to this school. I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to make some of my life. I don't know if none of that's going to happen. They was like, oh, fine. You need a ride? I'm like, yep. Show the fuck do. I ain't got no damn car. I couldn't afford one. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. Tiffany, the next morning, gooped the hell out of these girls, and she left early. They woke up drinking coffee, you know, all at the house talking, and Tiffany was somewhere tussy rolling and pop locking, dropping it already in Dallas. Tiffany said, fuck that bus. Y'all trying to put me on. She said, I'm a first class woman. I drink mimosas and eat caviar on private planes, and I tolerate Brandy's drug selling ass on this damn bus, allegedly. <laughs> Child, I actually think she did take the bus back, but see, that that's still better than riding back with Brandy's ass for three more hours. So, Tiffany, I don't blame you. I just want to say that Tiffany's family is so damn cute. I love her and her husband. And seeing those pictures of her husband and the twins while she was gone doing all of these little activities, that shit was adorable as fuck. Now, did it make me want kids? Hell no. I still don't want none. But it was still adorable. I can appreciate an adorable moment without having to want kids, just so y'all know. Quit judging me. Tiffany tells her husband that she left early because she needed to protect her mental well-being. Meanwhile, on the other side of town, a.k.a. in hell, Brandy and her husband are talking. She has the nerve to say that Tiffany had her walls up the whole time and that she was being boring. Brandy, your little raggedy-ass husband was actually offering you some good advice. He said maybe you should try to spend some one-on-one time with her and then her wall will come down and you had the nerve to call that lady boring. Brandy, you... <laughs> I'm going to put you in the same category as Piers Morgan and Austin Kroll. Your neck's starting to form like that anyway, too. But you, you, your unmitigated gall and your audacity, the levels are through the roof. I can't explain it, but you damn sure can. I don't. Somebody needs to. Maybe Stephanie Canson. You've been bumping kitties with her all these years. One of y'all need to explain that shit because I'm sick of both of y'all. For the sake of taking mental health 100% seriously... I'm going to ignore the fact that Brandy Redmond is raggedy as hell and racist and believes that minorities should prove themselves to her and offer her grace when she doesn't deserve it. I'm going to ignore all of that, okay? She reads a letter out loud to her husband that she had the right to herself while she was in therapy to see if she's actually becoming the person that she should be. Guess what? Surprise ending, you're not. Sorry. Mama D comes over to DeAndra's house to discuss the trip, you know, that they just got back from, and of course, to throw some shade at DeAndra's finances, like only Mama D can. <laughs> Listen, Mama D gets their asses together on a episode-by-episode basis. Do you hear me? Mama D said them girls think they so busy and most of them don't even work. She said Tiffany is a whole doctor and them helpers sit around ordering Barbie clothes all damn day. 
I know that's right, Mama D. See, that's why I fucks with you. Even though I'm, I'm sure in real life, me and you would not get along. But I fucks with you on this show, okay? Deandra also tells her while they're having this whole kiki moment that she's going to invite the shaman over for a ceremony for the girls at some point this week. So I'm, I'm guessing they, you know, they in for an evening of getting booger sucked out their nose like she was doing to her on that last episode, child. That ain't none of my dear business. Later on in the episode, Tiffany heads over to Carrie's house, and I guess they need to discuss, apparently, why she left early, because apparently it's just been a thorn in Carrie's goddamn side all motherfucking year. Oh, I, I just get so tired of these people expecting Tiffany to explain every waking moment to them. Side note, though. <laughs> Carrie has birds and rabbits and all kind of shit in her house. See that? I told y'all that heifer was a witch. See, witches. See, you remember Agatha? Agatha on WandaVision, she had a witch. She had a, a damn rabbit. And in the comic books, she had an animal that can grow. I think it was a cat. A black cat that can grow up and be huge and, and uh, attack people. See that? Carrie, I always knew you a witch. I just, don't nobody bring me no bad news. No, no bad news. No bad news. No bad news. No bad news. See that? I knew, Carrie, that's your new theme song. Don't nobody bring me no bad news, you fucking witch. Anyway, Tiffany explains why she left early, and she starts putting the shit on herself. Oh, Tiffany. Carrie actually says... Those are Brandy's issues and they're not yours, so don't take those on. Okay, Carrie, look at you trying to be a decent human being for once, okay? And then she goes right back to being horrible. She immediately starts interrogating Tiffany about why she left and telling her how rude it was and everything else in the world and yada, yada, yada. Now, see, I would have said I left to go pick up these nuts, but that ain't me. That's Tiffany, okay? But no, for real. See... Carrie, mind your business. This didn't have nothing to do with you. If I'm crying the night before and I've been attacked all week long at your raggedy ass birthday party, why the fuck do you expect me to verbalize why I'm leaving early? Are you literally, are you not that, you you can't imagine why I wouldn't want to be around y'all anymore? Like you, you're that dense to where you couldn't figure that out. You couldn't put two to two together at that moment. Oh, child. Anyway, the, moving on from that. The gag of this whole episode was, you know, I talk to y'all all the time about those little quick moments that they have on these uh, Real Housewives shows. They cut to a quick scene between Brandy and her daughter, and she's telling her daughter that she's going to a spiritual party, and she asked her if it'd be offensive if she brought her Jesus statue. Her daughter said, well, you might offend somebody, or you might just end up being a Karen. Now, <laughs> Brandon, why does your daughter have more social awareness than you have? I just can't understand. Maybe it's all that damn TikTok and they be doing. Now, see that? Y'all try to act like TikTok the devil. It's, t- it's teaching these kids more than Brandon Redman ever could. I'll tell you that. Chat, we find out in this episode my favorite reveal. DeAndra Shaman is not only a shaman. 
child. He used to do taxes. He was a hairdresser. <laughs> he was running for mayor. That, listen, that man was doing all kind of shit. That man used to uh, put in Stephanie's hair extensions. I know you fucking lying. See, if I was Stephanie, I'd show up and I'd ask that man to show me a license, uh, a degree, a, 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 a note from God, something. You can't just be a shaman when you used to put in my extensions. I need to know how that transition happened, okay? Just because you can lay my hair, that don't mean you can lay my soul to rest. I need you to tell me, vocalize how this happened. Because if I can't make the connection, I'm going the fuck back home. Child, all the women arrive. Tiffany starts handing out these candles that she's brought for everybody. Because keep in mind, we talk about, uh, and even she talked about it, the minority, what is it, the uh, the perfect minority complex, where even her, where they treated her terribly all week, but she's the one that still shows up with gifts for everybody. That's crazy to me, but I totally get it. Everyone is appreciative, but Brandy says that she wants to pull her aside for a little chat. And we don't know if Tiffany accepted because the shit went off. See, Brandy... You, you know what, whatever. Before I switch off of Dallas, because I'm sick of y'all asses. Before I switch off Dallas, I still love Jeremy. I just want y'all to know that. And I low-key want him. Okay. Uh, I just find Jeremy DeAndre's husband to be super funny. And uh, Jeremy, are you taking any pictures in Memphis? So I know you're a photographer. <laughs> Let me stop before I, uh, DeAndre blocked my ass on Instagram. I, I thought I was close this week to getting blocked after the memes I posted, but child, I'm still alive. Look at me. I was going to touch on New Jersey next, and I am, but I'm going to touch on Summer House just really quickly. I'm not going to go through the whole episode. I just really want to touch on a couple things, which would be the conversation between Hannah and Amanda and then, um, oh, what was the other thing? The dinner between Lindsay and Stravi, because Lord knows those are really the only two things we need to talk about. It Summer House is, it's a binge show for me. I love watching it week to week, but it's one of those things where, like, usually the climax is happening in the last five minutes, so you don't need to discuss the first 55, if that makes sense. I, I love Summer House, so I watch it every week. I'm highly entertained this season. It's good. I'm ready to see Carl and, uh, what's that boy named Luke, jack it out at some point, but, oh, Lord, I'm just saying, most of the episode, we're still dealing with the aftermath of Carl's brother passing, so once again, everybody send your thoughts and your prayers and your blessings to Carl's family during this time, because I know they need them, I don't care if it's a year later, a month later, a decade later, getting over the loss of a family member is always going to be hard to do. So everybody just send him a little positivity, some good vibes, all of that while you on Instagram thirsting after his ass, okay? The conversation between Hannah and Amanda. Hannah says that she had no idea that Kyle and Amanda had so much anger towards her. Amanda was like, well, you've been attacking my relationship and Kyle for way too long. Hannah's like, well... I mean, I, I've been going out of my way to talk about how great y'all seem, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Amanda says, well, you're the one who said the whole, you may let him talk to you like that, but he's not going to talk to me like that. That's attacking my relationship, and that's why I threw the glass. 
Hannah says, yeah, I agree with you. What you did was fucked up. <laughs> and this is when this whole conversation kind of descends into madness. Hannah says he can be a dick to people and talk down to people, which I think everybody that watches Summer House knows. We've never really seen it for Hannah and Kyle's relationship because Kyle has never liked Hannah. He's never liked Paige. You know, it's... it's it is what it is, you know. It just, people aren't going to get along. That man is twice their damn age trying to hang out with them people. It, child, let me not get on that soapbox again because I'll be on there all day. Hannah finally asks what's the real issue, and Amanda brings up Luke. <laughs> Y'all know Amanda has never seen it for Luke the way that Kyle has never seen it for uh, Hannah. She said Hannah hadn't told her about the relationship and what's going on. And Hannah was like, uh, you could ask me too. Amanda's like, we're friends. And Hannah says, no, 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 we ain't with your toxic ass. Hannah says, it's simple. Let's just stop being friends. Then uh, uh, it becomes the whole, like, you know, everyone has shit against you, Hannah. You act like I'm the only one out to get you. Hannah says, you threw a drink at me, bitch. <laughs> Paige finally comes in because now they screaming throughout the whole house. Everybody hears them. They try not to get involved. But Paige finally comes in and interrupts and sees basically what's going on. She's like, listen, before I continue, let me tell y'all. I know y'all going to be mad at me. Because I'm more team Hannah, even though I don't really do that team shit. But I'd be fighting the same way that Hannah does. Let me just tell y'all. Y'all want these reality TV fights to be so clean. Well, no, because y'all hypocritical too. Y'all want the, the, the fights to be clean and uh, clean cut and no loose ends and no messiness until it's your favorite getting attacked. Then you want them to go low. I'm just saying. I'm like Hannah. I'd be fighting the same way. I'm attacking any and everybody. I'm attacking your mama, your daddy, your dog, your houseplants, your china cabinet, everything. I'm attacking your goddamn Roku stick. I'm attacking everybody. Hannah tells Paige, super petty, but it tickled the fuck out of me. Kyle and Amanda don't like me, and I don't like them, so let's just end it like that. I know that's right, Hannah. <laughs> but then, of course, in true summer house fashion... All of the waterworks start. Amanda starts bawling like a baby. You know it wouldn't be a, a summer house argument if there wasn't crying during the middle of a fight. Neither one of them is willing to bag down. So Amanda gets the fuck up and Hannah tells her to leave out of her room. It's important to note though, in the hallway, in the hallway, in the hallway, Kyle is going from person to person telling them what a great friend Amanda has been and what a bad friend Hannah's been. He tried that shit on Sierra and Sierra shut that shit right down. See, I live for Sierra, okay? Kyle doesn't... Oh, I live for Sierra, okay? Kyle does that thing where he's like, you shouldn't be friends with her because now she's taking you under her wing and you know why? Because of Luke. That's the only reason. Not because of, you know, Sierra's amazing personality or not because she's smart and funny. Not because the breasts sing to the heavens on high. Hallelujah. None of that. Sierra's like, uh, that's kind of an insult towards me. He says, no, no, no. She's a manipulator. Sierra's like, well, look, I'm new here. So everybody's going to get a clean slate with me. As they should, Sierra. See, thank you. We love a rational individual. Thank you, Sierra. I, ooh. See, this is what I needed because... I always feel like a lot of the people in the house, because 
Amanda and Kyle are a unit, have always kind of cowered to them. And so they always kind of give them their way. And I, I don't know. I, you know, I've never been with that kind of stuff. But I feel like, look, I'm my own therapist talking right now. I, I'm not the relationship, want to have kids type. So I'm always like the one, like in the family, when we go on these big trips and stuff, I always demand my own room. I'm not sharing with nobody. Y'all couples, y'all have y'all own room, but I want my own space. I'm not the kind of person. So people like Kyle and Amanda, they make, they make it seem like, you know, we're going to, uh, instead of splitting the check three ways, we're going to split it two because we a unit, but fuck y'all. Anyway, the last dinner was Stravi and Lindsay. My God, my God. <laughs> I'm only going to touch on this briefly because I literally can't deal with them anymore at all. I'm so glad that they've broken up. I swear I don't know what to do because I don't want to have to talk about them anymore. Lindsay feels like Stravi didn't do enough for her birthday. And then she likens it back to uh, him taking her on helicopter rides and all this stuff. All of which happened pre-pandemic, by the way. Girl, get the fuck out of my face. I'm still sick of this shit. I don't know what to do. Lindsay is the biggest self-sabotager on TV. Like, there's no way around it. I hate the fact that Lindsay wore the negativity on her face the entire time. She didn't even try to fake like she was happy, like she was appreciative that he was even doing something for her birthday. And it didn't help that, like, what, literally days before was Kyle's birthday. And so they all went out for uh, Kyle's birthday because Amanda is a planner and she planned all this different stuff and this creativity. But Kyle was going to appreciate it anyway because he loves the hell out of Amanda. Lindsay loves the idea of getting married. Sorry, somebody had to say it. Just telling you. She didn't try to hide. She didn't try to fake happiness. She just let it all on her face. Obviously, he could see it. I would have left that house too, just like Stravi, and gotten back to my stressful-ass life working in hospitality like I do in real life. See, that's why I hate talking about Summer House. Let me move the fuck on. I'm going to go ahead and move to New Jersey. I'm sticking with Bravo for a while, people. I'm sticking with Bravo. Then I'm going to change channels on you. I'm going to change the channels. We're going to talk about our Friday night shows because y'all know I love my Friday night shows. And then we go end it. We're going to end it. With the new edition. But let's go ahead and go on to New Jersey. Jennifer. 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 Over in New Jersey. Jennifer finally tells Melissa. About what Michelle Pice. Was saying about Joe Gorga. On Melissa. Wait. What's the lady name? Michelle Pice. Yeah. Telling her that Joe Gorga owes Michelle's husband. Like tens of thousands of dollars. Apparently they were supposed to split the profit. From an event they did together, but Joe Gorga kept it all. Now that's the that's the story that she's telling people. Melissa acts like it's preposterous, but child, we know that this ain't the first time we've heard this kind of story about Joe Gorga. So I don't, as a fan, I don't really know what to believe. Melissa asks <laughs> if Teresa knows because Michelle is her friend and Joe is her brother. They go inside and Melissa kind of basically confronts Teresa, but she denies knowing anything. Then Melissa goes off by herself and she actually calls Joe and she tells him everything. At first, Joe is like, how the hell do I owe him money? What are you talking about? But then he starts to develop and, and flesh out that story a little bit. So now we don't, child, we, we side on you a little bit, Joe Gorg. I don't really know what to believe, but if you like it, I love it. Side note, we learned that apparently Joe Giudici has also been talking in the press 
and saying that he has like all kinds of dirt on Joe Gorga and Teresa didn't say anything to defend him. And basically Joe in a flashback uh, calls out the hypocrisy for her not sticking up for him because if the case was reversed and he didn't stick up for her for something, it would be World War Three. Now, child, I actually agree with that. You know damn well, Teresa, if you had, if that man didn't say something about you when people were talking about you, you'd have a whole field day, and then you'd be on, you know, fuck team, fuck Melissa and Joe. So, I, I feel you on that, Joe War God, but that ain't got nothing to do with nothing because you owe that lady husband money. I'm just saying. After the girls' trip kind of comes to an end. Margaret and Jackie actually meet and they talk about her not going on the trip and not forgiving Teresa and, you know, all, all kinds of shit, you know. Listen, Jackie, come here, cousin. I got to let me talk to you right quick. I I know the people on Twitter and Instagram. They not going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. I, I want to be your friend. I want to help you out. I want to stop the delusions and all kind of stuff. See, people really kind of hyping you up because of that I win line, which was lame as fuck, Jackie. I'm just telling you, I, you know, I'm not team Jackie or team uh, Teresa. I'm just telling you that shit was lame as hell. You're not nearly as big or bold or in the forefront of a character to skip a cast trip. Unfortunately, you really weren't missed. I mean, as long as Teresa's there, they go keep up some damn drama. Teresa don't care who the hell she fight with. So, I mean, you you skipping that trip while you could have made a claim to be the new HBIC, which we, I mean, that's not going to happen. But you could have made a claim for it. But, child, if you're doing all that and then you skip the cast trip because it was just too much for you to handle. Oh, Jackie. I mean, I know uh, Jackie. I just I just wanted to pull you aside and let you know you gotta you gotta fight back, cousin. If you really wanna make it on this show, because Teresa ain't no punk bitch, she not go back down. And if you wanna make it, you got to fight the good fight, okay? Side note, I love the scene with Teresa's house and Michelle Pice doing all the staging. They did all of these flashbacks and we got to see all of the kids that we we met these kids so long ago oh my god so many years ago we i mean gia was a a, a little tyke and now she's uh child allegedly doing cocaine no, just- <laughs> let me stop but i mean we've seen all these kids grow up they show no no it was i mean it was just i love seeing all of that every house we i feel like we've lived in this house too so seeing her put it up for sale is wow i mean i don't know she basically, after all that damn reminiscing, she asked Michelle about the rumors and Michelle doesn't deny anything. See, Michelle is ready to take up and take, she's ready to step up and take Jackie's spot if Jackie skip out on another trip. And you know what, Michelle, I'm with it because you already starting a lot of shit. You know, I like a good shit starter. So if you want to come in and, you know, uh, uh, jump around, jump, jump, jump around, who? Who jump around? Then I'm ready to see what you got to do. Later on in the episode, we get to Evan's redo party. This is basically Jackie's way of making amends, I guess, for the original party that got ruined by Teresa going around spreading all them damn lies. Now look, Melissa and Joe arrive, and then Jackie immediately apologizes for the Gia analogy. See. 
housewives queens the ones that make history are delusional as fuck see jackie you too damn practical to hold the title jack jack you too damn title you, you you too practical to hold the title in new jersey jack jack i'm just saying let Teresa had it and you just see you could fit in the role of nemesis that's the fans side with i don't know we can find a role for you but you being on instagram talking about my show and i we we got to find a spot for you baby because at this point i'm ready for michelle to take your spot i'm not ready to kick you off the show or nothing but i'm i'm indifferent towards you and that's the worst kind of spot you can be in with a fan where they don't think negatively or positively about you they're just like yeah yeah she's there Uh oh Uh oh i'm just saying because I know I can't be the only one feeling that way. Maybe I am. Y'all know I'm crazy as hell. So let me tell you what sent me, though, watching this episode. Margaret's husband was the first one to jump up and be like, man, no one believes those bullshit rumors. No one believes that. Oh, my God, man. We would never. Boy, weren't you the one at the party last week on the last week's episode spreading all that shit talking about? Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard it too. You know, the women be all in our house and they gossip about it all the time. I, I've heard it too. Child, Joe, you one big messy bitch and I love it. Messy as fuck. Let me say this though. This party was weird AF. Weird AF. It was so like... I don't know. It felt a little too on the nose for me. Like they were, oh, I don't know. It it was like, it felt like she wouldn't allow you entry into the party until you went up to Evan and said, I don't believe those rumors. Like, it's just weird. And she just like, she kept like doing this thing where she was whispering to people, but she wasn't whispering. And she was actually saying it in front of Evan. And it was weird. She's like, yeah, he, you know, he, he's so upset. He He's just been so upset. All this is really killing him. And Evan looking dead at her like, but you telling all these motherfuckers my being this guy dead? It's, I, it was the, I don't know. I Jersey was weird this week. I don't know. I mean, I love the episode. It was another great episode. I'm really enjoy, uh, enjoying Jersey this season, but I don't know. Jackie, it feels like y'all hiding something, to be honest. I, that just might be coming from me. I, I try to be as unbiased as possible. I, but I'm, you know, I'm as blunt as possible too. So I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing from you, sis. This seems like y'all are trying to hide something. All of this on camera whispering. He seems upset, but not actual whispering. I don't know. It just seems like, a ch- I was about to quote Teresa, where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't know. Whew, I don't know. Let's, let me get up off of Bravo. I think that's all the Bravo shows I have to talk about. And let me talk about briefly briefly this tired ass bachelor that we finally get to get rid of after next week we only got one more episode y'all just listen to this one and then after the next one oh we gonna be done with this shit we ain't got to talk about him no more just just hold on just stick with it hold on we almost done i promise y'all let's go ahead and talk about this raggedy ass bachelor turtleneck wearing ass it's fantasy sweets week And Michelle is up first. Our girl, Michelle, who we've been rooting for for weeks now. Before that, though, before we can get to that, we have to address my roots of anger this week. My, my Schrodinger's, I don't know, my, I'm very angry. (laughs) Let's go ahead and talk about it. Before all of that, with the fantasy suites and Michelle getting her turn, 
Matt, for some reason, chooses to have a huge conversation with his absentee father on camera after not addressing it for years. Okay, not a good look. Let me... Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to say this as delicately as possible. What we're what it seems like we're doing through ABC, we're constantly talking about how Matt was raised by a single white mother and how he turned out to be such an amazing young man. And then we're going to bring his black father on this show to publicly chastise him before ultimately picking a white woman who is potentially racist and used to go to Annabellum South parties. Is that what we're doing? Did I get, did I get all that right? Okay. I'm just, I just had to make sure before I went on with the next story, because I'm, I mean, I'm just, I didn't really see, I, I want to make sure I summed it up for you guys, because that's the way I got it. It was very ignorant. And that's how y'all are going to get it too. Very ignorantly. The gist of the conversation is, both of them basically blaming each other for Matt turning out to be an okay person. I, <laughs> I I don't get it. I don't know. The dad says he didn't have a good father in his life. And when he came home one day, they were gone. Matt says, well, I'm glad she did have the courage to do what she did. Matt, oh God. The dad came there to celebrate all of Matt's victories because to me, at least, I, I can't speak for anybody else or ABC or any other viewer. It seems like they lured the dad there just by based on what he was saying. They lured him there under false pretenses, thinking that he was going to celebrate with Matt and Matt finding a new woman, a new life partner, a new wife to celebrate all this kind of stuff. While Matt was this entire time ready to go the hell in on his daddy. Child, <laughs> ready to go in, but then Matt started crying. Ain't that some shit? I hate everybody on TV. I want y'all to know it. Because it started, oh God, it started being about pizza. Something about pizza. I never wanted pizza, but I wanted socks. I don't know. Something about clothes and pizza, but I didn't have a dad. I didn't, child. Y'all know I'd be half-ass paying attention to The Bachelor when it get this late in the season. I just saw them hugging, so apparently they made up. So uh, my God is an awesome God. He reigns, I guess. It's time for the first fantasy suite date or whatever, child. They go and they do milk baths and oatmeal soaks and all kind of shit. Listen, I don't know how that kind of stuff relaxes people. Every time I see it, it stresses me the fuck out like i feel like housewives do this shit all the time like get the get out of them people's damn milk <laughs> like shit it's children all over the world starving and gotta eat dry cereal because you around here soaking up all the goddamn milk child later on they go to dinner and he tells her about his father and all this kind of stuff remember he's on a date with michelle and that he's ready for love. Somehow that led to he's ready for love. Michelle says something and then doves fly. And I'm going to make the song cry. I don't know. He gives her an envelope. And it's from Kirst Harrison, of course. You know, basically the, the note that says y'all can either stay in this room and knock the boots. Or y'all can, you know, go to hell home. I don't, I, I don't know if, I guess you got to knock boots to figure out if you love somebody. I don't, according to African Proverbs. You don't know if you're in love 
until you click kitties or bump uglies or bust down one good time. Now that's that's one of the African proverbs I heard. I don't I don't know if that's still true today. I don't know if they follow that, but apparently they do because the bachelor is going by it. So that that's what the Africans say. Don't blame me, okay? <laughs> now it's time for Breeze one on one fantasy suite. Bust it, bust it, ah, bust it up, bust it, ah. Is you fucking ah? Two shots. Okay, they end up going hiking. Now, see, my question is, why does Bree gotta risk her life in the wilderness, but Michelle gets to steal milk from innocent children starving all across the globe? They really weren't listen. They really weren't talking about shit up in them tents, though. I st- <laughs> I started making a milkshake at this point. Let me tell you. They are sure had a milkshake. was good as hell, too. Listen, let me tell y'all how to do it. My milkshake brings out to the yard, and then, like, it's better than yours. My milkshakes are for the streets, okay? I keep a frozen bag of mini Snickers in my freezer. I got Snickers ice cream. I take them little suckers out them wrappers. Put the Snickers in first, the little mini Snickers. I put them at the bottom. Pour a couple of scoops, you know, the ice cream on top. Put you in a little bit of milk. Put that thing all in your ninja blender. Baby, let me tell you, that's Beyonce in the cup. You ain't had no milkshake till you had it. I'm trying to tell y'all. I know how to do Or If you don't want to do that, go and get you some waffle cone, okay? Crumble you up. See, this is all kind of shit I be doing during The Bachelor. Matt James ain't talking about shit this season. So we, I'm, I'm learning dessert recipes and cookie pies and uh, crumbles and shit. I'm, I'm making like that uh, turnover ass <laughs> cheesecake that Letitia had on Bell Collective this week. We'll talk about that in a minute. Child, if y'all really want something good, put you a little waffle cone at the bottom of the cup. You know, crumble it up, put some waffle cone down there. Get you some Ben and Jerry's Americone ice cream. Get you a little caramel and fudge and squirt that on there too, a little extra. Put that with some milk in the blender. I'm trying to told you. I'm trying to told you. Y'all, I'm, I'm trying to told you. Y'all don't know. I'm, I, I can put you on game. See, I'm the type of person, I don't always like cake for my birthday. Sometimes I'll do like an ice cream cake. But my family knows me so well, we'll do like a milkshake bar for my birthday instead of a, you know, happy birthday to you. People blowing a saliva and spit all over the damn cake. I don't want that shit. I like a milkshake bar. You have your bowl full of the uh, the walnuts and you got this bowl full of uh, 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 the cherries and this bowl full of the whipped cream. You know, I've listen. You ain't been, you ain't did it till you had you a good, a good milkshake bar to party. Try that at your next party. I know some of y'all got birthdays coming up. Just try it. It's coronavirus season. You don't want all these people blowing and sneezing on your goddamn cake. Just get them some options. Tell them to uh, 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 give them a piece of paper with the ingredients on it. Let them check off what they want in their milkshake. I'm telling you, it's a good time. Anyway, back to this boring ass date. Matt and Bree bond over uh, not having daddies that love them. Bye. <laughs> Can we do an exercise? I want, okay. I had the best father in the whole world who I lost in 2016. Can all of the black people just write into this show and tell me how great your black father was? And I'll read some of the responses on the next episode. You know what? Even if he's white, let's just, just pretend he's black and write in anyway, okay? Because the bachelor is doing the work of Lucifer. Do you hear me? They are not doing the Lord's work. That work is not of divinity. Do you hear me? They end up going to the fantasy suite and hunching, I guess, child. I stayed the fuck about them people's business, okay? By the time it's 
Rachel's fantasy suite date and you know Rachel with that extra letter and the antebellum clothing, I was completely uninterested. I remembered that conversation between Matt and his daddy and uh, the child. I don't even know if that was really his daddy, to be honest. That might be an actor that ABC hired to play his daddy to perpetuate the narrative that they need to push. As a matter of fact, I think that man was on In the Heat of the Night, okay? I think that was the main character from In the Heat of the Night. In the heat of the night. Anyway. I completely turned around and I started doing my taxes <laughs> during Rachel's date. I'm talking about I was filing the hell out of my taxes. I was trying to see if I was gonna get a refund, okay? Don't play with me. As much taxes as they take out of my damn check. I'm a single man. They take all my goddamn taxes. Hell. Anyway. All I know is by the time I spun back around in my chair, it was the rose ceremony and Bree got sent the fuck home. That shouldn't be surprising. We knew he'd end up keeping uh, one of the world's most desirable, emotionally available, non-racist women, and the Rachel, basically. I mean, I'm just saying. Everyone, don't worry, though. We only got one episode left of this shit, and then we get a break. I'm waiting for my first Bachelor in Paradise experience because I haven't had one yet. I'm very much waiting for it. I heard it's off the chain. That's what I'm waiting for. We only got to get through one more week of this shit, and y'all, we get a break. My God, my God. Let's touch on our Friday night shows, Little Women Atlanta and Bell Collective. Let's go ahead and start with Little Women Atlanta. Let's talk about, I'm not going to go into too deep on these. I'm just going to kind of, you know, a, a Friday night mixer. Just dibble in and out and dabble around on the, the two shows that make me laugh the most during the week. Let's talk about that damn self-defense class at Juicy's house. A beerer. Showing up drunk and stumbling. Somebody come pick me up off this goddamn floor. I was screaming at that TV screen the entire time. That was some shit that me and my cousins would do. I'm telling y'all, we for some reason feel the need to pregame everything. I don't know why. Abira says she had, <laughs> she accidentally had a couple of my ties at lunch. Ain't that how that shit go? You start off with, well, you know, like a, a a pineapple and kettle one. It hits you just right. So then you order. You're like, oh, let me get a, a kettle one and, and mango juice. See, if you go to the bougie restaurants like me, they got mango juice. If y'all don't know about that mango juice and kettle one, you better get your life. That one hits your spirit the exact way it's supposed to. And then you're like, you know what? Let me just get one more. Let me get a kettle one and orange juice mixed with a little pineapple juice and then throw a little, a little dash of Sprite in there. You know, see, I'm a mixologist. I know I know how to mix some drinks, okay? I'll mix the dog fuck out of a drink for you. If you coming by me, that's my, my best friends I already know. If you coming in town and you drinking with me, you better be prepared to get the fuck drunk because I'll make a drink that you won't taste no alcohol. But as soon as you stand up, you going down. I'm yelling, Timber, you better move. You better dance. Chap, listen, she showed up to them people's shit. <laughs> I'm talking, listen, that shit was so funny. Abira showed up three sheets to the wind, except it wasn't wind. It was... It was a hurricane mixed with a tornado with a little piece of tsunami. That shit was funny as fuck. And now these people worried about her damn drinking. Juicy ends up going over to her house sometime that week. And y'all know Juicy don't like to climb all them damn stairs. That tall ass driveway that a beer got. 
It'll take you about 10 minutes just to get up that damn hill. You got me out here living with a beer? <laughs> and then when she got there, a beer made Juicy sit her ass on their porch. Now, look, we've all had this moment, okay? Look, you can't be, you can't be popping up over here at my house and I ain't even clean my house yet. You got the cameras with you and shit. See, you know cleaning for black people is a whole experience, okay? Picture this. It's Saturday morning. You got Fabuloso burning on the stove. You got R&B music playing in the background. Any era, any era is okay. You know, it can be that new shit, like it can be a little Summer Walker. Then it go into a little uh, Ari Lennox with a little Janae Aiko. Or it can be the classics. You know, it can go into some Aretha, go into some Nita, get you a little, a little piece of Mariah. Those girls, you know, the mood is set. Then you can deep clean your house like your grandmama taught you to. You can use the bleach and mop the floors. You can vacuum that carpet. You can wash them dingy ass, dirty ass dishes. You can do all of that. You go do what needs to be done. Chat, all that just to say that Abira says she ain't got no problem. She just been stressed out with all them goddamn kids. Anyway, I love that juicy put together this whole Black Lives Matter rally. Much needed. Right in the thick of it all, too. They got together to make signs the night before. They uh went to Juicy's unfinished basement. You know how, you remember how Chateau Sheree used to look before she finished that basement? That's what Juicy basement looked like. It wasn't shit but woods and uh hangers and a table. But they made the shit out them signs, so kudos to y'all. At the actual rally, Abira's daughter brought me to tears that was the sweetest thing in the world abira's kids are so well behaved they're so smart and they got good sense they're so articulate which might seem odd sometimes because they mama shows up drunk to self-defense classes so <laughs> but actually that's not too crazy because Teresa judici raised gia so hello we we know sometimes the kids don't reflect the parents but Hey, let me let me move on. She talked about everybody being raised different and uh, growing up different and how they're ethnically different and how it shouldn't matter. Oh, just the sweetest little thing in the world. I, it made me want to put on a rally right now. But see, I'm not leaving my house for a couple of weeks. I told y'all until I get that damn second dose, I'm not going nowhere. But that was sweet. Let's go ahead and talk about the Bell Collective because we got to talk about a couple of things on here because they tickled my goddamn soul, too. We love a crossover. We love a crossover. Why are the Claremont twins on Bell Collective? <laughs> they didn't got out of jail and they taking the world by storm. Come on, Jatavia. I mean, ooh, I mean, uh, come on, Shannon and Sinead or whatever the hell y'all names are. Child, they show up late as fuck to Latrice and Zaddy's photo shoot. You know, Zaddy and investor now. So he feel invested in all these folks shit. See? Zaddy, you have to get put the fuck out of my damn event. You out there stressing them people the hell out, trying to get them to use that dingy, dirty, dusty-ass water to paint them people hair. Zad, yeah, you would have had to go the fuck home. Then them thieving-ass twins finally show up, but the photographer took his sweet-ass time getting there. That man was coming from Atlanta, Georgia, and them people live in Jackson, Mississippi. It did not help <laughs> that Zaddy up in there poking around at everything. They already stressed that the man ain't got there yet. He making shit all worse. And then when they they in hair and makeup and Zaddy back there got the nerve talking about, whoo, they sure got some big lips, don't it? Sir, 
sir, could you not? Could you not? You might as well say the Claremont Twins got some big DSLs for all we concerned. You can't say that kind of stuff. Not on TV, at least. Say it in private, okay? Latrice had to walk off because that man was this close to ruining that lady business. Shit. All that damn work she did. Now, she but the great thing was the photo shoot actually went well and Latrice can now sell some more of that pack her out them vending machines. Go ahead, Trice. See, that's the kind of shit I love. You know, I love a success story, okay? Letitia and Glenn. Man, oh man. This might have been my favorite scene on TV this week. Those two are my favorite couple on TV. They... <laughs> that man is not concerned with mercy and grace, a.k.a. Letitia's titties. He is only concerned about that contract that he asked her to sign last week. Letitia, oh, she got something for that ass, though. She got something for that ass. Letitia got a singer because she wanted somebody to sing her emotions to her husband. Girl, we... That's when I said one more time. I said, girl, we... Then on top of that... She had the singer hide in the damn closet and gave her a keyword to listen out for so she knew when to come out and start singing. Chad, when Glenn got there, they go upstairs, and I guess the singer wasn't hearing the damn keyword. Letitia said, everlasting love. She said that shit about seven times. You know, we just everlasting. Our everlasting love. We have la- the love. It has lasted forever. It is everlasting love. That girl waited to about the 20th time. And she's sitting up in her neck damn closet texting and tussy rolling and burping, all kind of shit. She finally came out that damn closet singing and Glenn's face was priceless. That was the hardest I've laughed this week. I didn't realize that until people actually told me because people told me when I posted that scene on Instagram, everybody was sliding my DM saying, I think he thought that he was about to get a threesome. I didn't even picture that, but that is so funny because you know what? The, uh, <laughs> that lady was just coming to the scene. She just came to dance for y'all. She ain't come to do all this shit. But y'all, look, that singer must have been hitting some sour-ass notes because as soon as she left, Glenn started talking about that damn contract again. See, now he didn't have time for all this shit. He's like, look, I see what you're trying to do, but we need to talk about that goddamn contract, Okay. Now, let me talk about this scene with Essie and Marie. (laughs) Not Essie telling Marie to leave her damn husband and that she don't need him and that he doesn't deserve her. I mean, I agree, but it hit different when it's coming from Essie, okay? Essie, we all got pain. Look, Essie was giving tough love at this damn dinner, and I mean tough love, okay? She said, that man don't love you. You love him, but he definitely don't love you. Damn, Essie. I mean, Dad, we I mean, we, we really do. Now we all really do got pain because of your ass. Later on, though, Essie was sure helping Marie move all them damn boxes about that. <laughs> she boxed all that man's shit up and even helped her drive it to his new house. Ain't that some shit? Look, Essie, if you just trying to be down, just say that. You didn't rush this man about this lady house, but child quiet as a kept. He needed to get the fuck out of there anyway, so... Essie, I'm really not mad at you. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep them finger waves tight and keep your body even tighter. I know that's right, Essie. Letitia's couple dinner, a.k.a. the black love dinner. 
they wanted to be surrounded by black love because they're in therapy now and they're working through a lot of things. So they wanted some black energy around them to talk through a lot of the problems, I guess, that they thought the other couples could relate to. But see, that wasn't the gag. The gag was, while they having these deep-ass conversations, Marie walked in there with some tall and chocolate like a damn Hershey bar. Now, see, we didn't know who the hell this man was. It damn sure wasn't, uh, what's the band that? Curtis or whatever the hell she keep calling that man. Child, she already, she dropped that man shit off yesterday and then already showed up to this party with a whole new man. I know that's right, Marie. Marie got too much money to be sitting up in the house alone. Listen, if you got to pay him, buy him, it don't matter. Get you that man and go on about your business. I know that's right. And now let's go ahead and get into the show. Y'all have been worrying me about so much in my DMs, telling me every single week I need to cover, especially because y'all see in my stories that I watch it. Y'all have been saying, oh my God, cover this, cover this, Harry up cover this when you go talk about it cover this i need to hear you talk about this and that and this and these and and i'm finally talking about it let's talk about married at first sight this new season i'm i'm admit to y'all in the past i've had a hard time watching this show not watching the show because i always start off i do i love the show but it's hard for me to make it through a whole season simply because if you get behind, it's a lot to catch up on. The episodes are two hours long each, and it's a lot of different couples. So you feel like you miss a lot, like if you get two episodes behind. You got to take, you take PTO to get caught up. So I always get behind at some point. But this season, I once I got caught up, I've been watching week to week because they are a whole mess. Ooh-wee. So before I get into the newest episode let me kind of give y'all a very brief overview of the couple because i'm trying to encourage y'all to actually go back and watch this show so you can talk about it with us week to week so we've got five couples we've got vincent and brianna we've got eric and virginia Haley and jacob clara and ryan and of course Paige and chris so Vincent and Brianna, uh, Brianna is a black woman. Vincent is, I want to say Dominican. I love them. They're really great. But see, they got new problems because Vincent always feels like Brianna has not necessarily a bad attitude, but does stuff to him that I don't know that he feels like it's putting him down or making him feel dumb. Now see, nobody else in the world feels that Vincent kind of crazy, but I mean, we like crazy, so what the fuck ever. Then you've got Eric and Virginia. Their biggest issue is this age gap between the two of them. He's older than she is by like a decade, and she still likes to party, and like all of her best friends are guys, and he's been married before. He's just trying to settle down and uh, finally be in one place and make a new friend. I was kind of yada, yada, yada. Child, you should have thought about that shit before you told him to randomly hook you up with anybody. Haley and Jacob. Jacob, starting out, was probably one of the most boring people you will ever see in the world, especially on TV. But he's good to share. Y'all asked the man to come out of his shell. He damn sure did that. Now he's ready to fight any chance he can get. He's very monotone. He's kind of flat. He doesn't really smile a lot, but he does want to be married. He's he, he, he really He's almost 40, I think. Never been married, but he really has always wanted it. It's just it's never worked out for him. So he he read it for, but child Haley don't see it for his ass. Haley does not seem interested in his marriage at all. 
every now and then she'll get a little spurt where she wants to really try, but then he'll kind of fly off the, the hinges when he finds out she doesn't find him attractive or she doesn't love him or something. And then he kind of like, in the most monotone voice ever, will be just super passive aggressive. And it, it's a lot. Th- th- those two specifically are a lot. You have Ryan and Clara. I love them too. Ryan just is super just down to earth. and But Ryan needs to hurry up and give Clara some cookies because that lady is horny as hell. And he is too damn shy for that shit. He could barely, I mean, they barely kiss, but she's like, look, I'm trying to get knocked down. We've been married for damn near three weeks now, and you still, over three, like four weeks at this point, and he still don't want to knock her down, and she's trying to get knocked down, and Lord, Clara, if I were you, I'd cheat. No, let me stop. <laughs> let me stop, because y'all going to take my advice real, then y'all going to say I'm wrecking y'all damn marriage. I ain't did shit to y'all, okay? And then, and then, and then we got Paige and Chris. Now, Paige and Chris are the reason I started watching this season because I was just going to let this season go by. And then, you know, if I heard it got good, I was going to maybe watch it, but I wasn't really caring about it like that. Okay. Paige and Chris, I'm sure if you're on social media and you watch reality TV, then you know about Paige and Chris. Paige and Chris are the ones that got married. He didn't find her attractive when they first got married. But then as it went on, he was telling her that he found her attractive. She has the perfect body and uh, she's so great. Even though he didn't find her attractive, they had sex twice on the wedding night. So let, let that say whatever you will about it. I don't know. Finding out, it was had to be days later, that he had still been in contact with an ex. And apparently, not during their marriage, though, but as recently as this interview process to be on the show, he was still in contact with an ex-fiance. And one of the big reveals during, like, episode three or four, something like that, was he finds out that the ex is actually pregnant. And so now he's married to Paige, but the ex-girlfriend or ex-fiance is pregnant, and Chris makes being on reality TV the most difficult thing in the world because he doesn't want to talk about any of it ever. He'll, like, go in the bathroom, turn on the water, so they'd, like, the, take off the microphone so they can't hear him. And, like, Paige will have to, like, come out the bathroom and, like, go to a producer and, like, recap all of this. It's a mess. He is the most immature, childish, biggest baby on the fucking planet. My God. he But he... Let me tell you some of these episodes... I am hooked on this show. Like, I am hooked this season. Most of the see what they're going to do. See, they hooked us in, but then now all the other couples are starting to turn up the heat. So it's like, oh, shit, there's five couples on here that I'm really, like, interested in now. But Paige and Chris are definitely the ones you need to watch the show for because it's a lot. It's a lot. It comes on Lifetime. I need y'all to kick it into high gear. Start watching this show. Just binge through it. We don't have WandaVision or any Marvel stuff this weekend. So just, you know, maybe take the Saturday and just crank through some of the episodes so you can catch up and start listening to the podcast so that you can hear this section. And now let me go ahead and talk about tonight's episode. Haley reveals the conversation between her and Jacob that she's not necessarily finding him attractive. And obviously like anybody would Jacob feels kind of defeated and like, there's no way that they can actually make it child. I, I agree. Hey, <laughs> listen, 
I don't mind a boring ass man, okay? <laughs> he got a nice body, enough money to turn his house into a damn beachside resort. I feel like that's enough, okay? <laughs> I don't like outside no more anyway. You know, I'm staying in the house until I get vaccinated, then I might come out. I don't know. I still got to decide. I, I might come out after that. I don't know. See, y'all be coughing and shit. Got me sick. Now I'm getting vaccinated because of y'all ass. Anyway, later, she gives him clothes to kind of spruce up his wardrobe a little bit because that's one thing she's complained about in previous episodes, how he's kind of stuck in the 80s and the 70s, which is true. I mean, the man got red lights and shit all over the place. It, it's a lot. His house is a lot. It's a nice house, but child you gotta you gotta step into the 21st century now you you kind of you kind of late now I don't, I don't know now but i look <laughs> she gave him some clothes to kind of spruce up his wardrobe a little and maybe she's thinking like okay well maybe if i see him like more dressed like this or you know like a modern man maybe i'll find him more attractive Child, I still end up having like this awkward ass conversation after he does this whole fashion show for her, showing off the clothes he's bought. He asks her if she's even willing to like try and talk about it, but apparently she went to hang out with Paige, a uh, single ass, the night before. He was expecting to actually have this conversation last night, but she never came back until it was like way too late. I guess he was asleep by the time she came back. Child. They started arguing all over again. He says that she's not ready to be in a relationship. And then he tells her the story that uh, he's basically like worked out in his head. He's like, well, if you were to come back, then, you know, you would have did this and that. And then we could have did this. But then you didn't do that. So that means that this and that. He does this a lot. So he always works out these scenarios in his head. And then he pounces. Basically, he tells her what she's done and how she needs to do it. She tells him. All of the shit that he does that pisses her off, like doing this whole story spinning thing that he's doing right now and like not being clear about his desires. Cause like she's saying that if you would have told me you wanted me to come back and have this conversation last night, I would have came back and had it. Like I, you gotta be more clear. Look, let me just go ahead and tell y'all, y'all not go work out. Hey, <laughs> just do like OT Genesis. Just cut it. Y'all are not go work out as much as I would like y'all to actually, I don't even want y'all to. Just don't work out, Chris. I mean, uh, child, the damn man named Jacob. Go find you a nice, boring ass woman that want to stay home with you all day that likes the 70s. You know what? Go find you like a 55, 60 year old woman that'll really work for you. Both of y'all could be stuck in the 60s and 80s and 70s together, and you ain't got to worry about uh, because that see that. Haley too damn young for you anyway. We already made mention of that. That lady's too young for you. She claims she's ready to get married, but she don't damn know. You don't damn have no either. So, I mean, y'all might be perfect together, but y'all are not. Just break the fuck up. I'm tired of y'all. Sick of that shit anyway. I'm tired of it. Break up, Chris. Oh, child. See, I keep calling the man Chris. Every time I said break up, that's who I think about. Paige, break up with Chris. Haley, break up with Jacob. Let's, since I can't keep them straight, no way. Let's go ahead and dip into Paige and Chris's relationship a little bit. Paige goes to talk to Chris's pastor and I think his name is Chris too ironically enough and child they they in there telling all that damn man business he told her that Chris has been engaged 511 times not just the last time that resulted in a pregnancy not just Paige there was a whole nother time before that now see he he been leaving a whole lot of shit out he hadn't told her about none of this 
he talks about Chris being immature and uh, he did all kind of stuff. See, Pastor sees right through Chris's bullshit, and I love that. But then that's when Paige chooses to drop a bombshell. She says basically that Chris and the baby mama are stuttering and shit when it comes around to the uh, ultrasound. And she says, you know what? I actually don't think she's pregnant at all. Now, see, that's going to be some, you and that lady was getting along at first. Now, that's going to be some shit that's going to really, oh, wait, you started some shit now. Once she see this episode back, she's going to be ready to fight you, pregnant and all. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, see, Paige, in her mind, is already checked out. But, see, it's going to be easy for Chris, it always is, to pull her right back in. So, listen, you're doing all this, all this, you're doing a lot of talking right now. Don't get the baby mama mad if you go go back to the man, okay? I'm just saying, I'm trying to think about you. Paige, you my only concern on this show. I'm thinking about you, okay? Skipping to Eric and Virginia, both of them, their issue seems to be that they are both rarely in town. Hey, <laughs> Eric and Virginia have both been out of town and they've barely gotten to spend any time with each other. They finally get to do a date together. I think it was mini golfing, maybe. I might be lying. You know, I do that sometimes, child. I make up so much shit in my head. I don't know. I, I feel like they were mini golfing. They finally, you know, had this little date together and they actually have a lot of fun. But then the little microaggressions start to creep their way into the relationship. And then it seems like neither one of them have the lifestyle that's really conducive to a long-term relationship. I mean, the man is a pilot. She, child, what she do? I care, I care. I don't even know what the hell that lady do, but she has to be traveling a whole lot too. Now, how the hell two people that travel for a living thinking they about to sit down and have a whole family? I, I'll never know, but maybe they willing to retire early or something. Who going to pay them bills? I never know, but they grown. I, I like to stay out of grown folk business, okay? All of the couples get an activity from the therapist that gives them questions to talk about that are supposed to, like, evoke deep conversations. See, Eric and Virginia, they talk about love and how he hasn't been in love since his last marriage and it was the love of his life. And now, see, she said it makes her nervous. And then she starts talking about how she's never had a good example of love and uh, all the concerns. And then he's like, look, don't tell me no shit like that. <laughs> and that basically sets him off and then they get into a whole thing. Then come Vincent and Brianna. You know, if y'all haven't tell, have been able to tell by now, Vincent and Brianna... Throughout the first 95% of the episode are always just like picture perfect. Y'all are so pretty. Oh, I love, oh, just help. Y'all gonna have little uh, Mexican baby. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all have little pretty precious babies and all like that. But then the last five seconds, he loses his goddamn mind. And then we back to square one again. But that's basically how it is. They cut from, uh, child with their names, uh, Eric and Virginia, basically it's spiraling out of control to Vincent and Brianna being just, oh, just being as perfect as they can be. Then we cut to Ryan and Clara's conversation, and we mostly find out that everything is kind of on Ryan's terms. But we already knew that. we It's on his terms and his time. Not maliciously, but he's never been in love before. So I don't know. Maybe over time, Clara will get some of that eggplant emoji <laughs> because... I'm probably more ready to consummate the marriage than he is, and I'm not even married to the damn woman. So he, I, somebody needs to step up because that lady go burst with uh, depression 
after a while if you don't give her none. She tell every episode how she just wants to touch the man and lay with the man, but he don't, child. But he claimed me in love. I don't know. I, I, I told y'all I stay out of grown for business. I don't know about it. But we also get to see that like later in the episode, I don't know. It seems like they don't really have anything to fight about, so they like make up little stuff. It seems like their biggest issue is the fact that one of them likes to eat vegetables and the other one loves to eat donuts. Child, now that was funny as shit. Let me tell y'all something. He asked the woman what her favorite vegetable was, and she said, "Well, I don't really eat vegetables like that." Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, be be way, <laughs> be way, be way. What you mean you don't eat vegetables like that? That reminds me, I went to Indiana at some point last year, and my best friend, who I've been best friends with since, uh, what, 2009 now, my best friend for, oh, shit, over a decade, good God, uh, I went up there to visit him, and he knows that, like, when I'm out of town, I'm always, like, breaking my diets and stuff, so I'm like, I want a Coke, find me the biggest Coca-Cola you can find me, and I'm drinking it. If you can put some cherry in it, I'm even better. He asked me the last time I was up there, he was like, do you drink water? <laughs> he was going to offer me some water to drink because he knew I was thirsty. He was like, wait, do you drink water? Yes, I drink water, bitch. What kind of fucking question is that? I drink fucking water. I just prefer Coke when I'm out of town, not cocaine. Like, cocaine? I don't even smoke hookah. No, I'm talking about Coca-Cola. See, y'all going to get me started up in here. They don't really have anything to argue about, but it seems like they just want to argue for the hell of it. I believe they're going to end up being a couple that makes it as long as he breaks her off. Because if he don't break her off, child, she going to find somebody else that will. Ain't nobody about to sit around and wait for you to decide if you want to have sex with somebody or not. Boy, get the fuck out of here. And then we see how Haley and Jacob are answering the questions. First, they talk about how, you know, the first time they knew they were in love. He says that it's always basically been kind of instinctual with him that he just he knows that he can love that woman and then he starts to build the relationship and the bond with her Haley says she isn't sure she's ever actually been in love before and that he <laughs> he now see he thought Lachey he said oh well I, I guarantee you've been in love before because the way you act is like somebody who's been deeply hurt before child I, now I knew y'all in Atlanta because he needs to be the first male housewife the way his little geeky ass be throwing all this shade. <laughs> he throws it every episode and she just lets it slide. She's just like, you know what? I'm going to divorce this motherfucker in five weeks. I'm going to let him say what the hell he want to say. And then I'm going to go on about my business. What's actually funny though is the conversation actually surprisingly ends on a good note and by the end of the episode they having all kinds of fun laughing kiki and talking about traveling oh i, I want to go to prague oh my god oh i've been to Prague, the second worst building in the world but just shut y'all ass up y'all not gonna make it go ahead and divorce and ask say these people some uh some budget on this damn show jacob throws a pool party for everybody at his house when virginia and Haley kind of separate from the man they start discussing the relationship Virginia talks about all the experiences where she felt kind of where she felt unappreciated and Eric felt unappreciated, but they're still quote unquote overall fine. Haley, child, she immediately talks about not feeling attracted to that man. <laughs> well, shit, Haley, if you want to call that man ugly, just say that, okay? Child, then Paige's single ass shows up without Chris, of course. I don't think anybody wanted Chris ass around anyway, so ain't nobody crying over spilt milk in that case. She brings up to all of the women 
that Chris reached out to her and that he wants to have a conversation. I'm so sick of Chris reaching out wanting to have conversations. Ain't that what the phone for? We got FaceTime. You can't DM me on Instagram. It's more ways of having a conversation than constantly having to meet your ass in public. But, hey, she's talking about, you know, whatever the good Lord puts on my spirit that day will lead me to do whatever I need to do. Well, listen, let him lead you to a car to drive far, far away from his trifling trick ass, okay? You do not need nowhere. You don't need Chris nowhere in your orbit or your atmosphere. Side note. Jacob gives them people a tour and my favorite cast member makes an appearance. Ryan's wagon. <laughs> that thing be thanging. Okay. Good. Google moogly. That. Okay. Let me stop. I don't need to be objectifying nobody. Lord Jesus have mercy. Okay. I'm going to stop it. Let me go on. Let me stop it. But I know for a fact, a lot of y'all have been in my DMS talking about that thing thanging. So let me just, let me move on. Let me move on. Woo! Let's let's go ahead and jump to this conversation between Paige and Chris. He makes it seem like he's confronting her about meeting with his pastor, Pastor Chris. But the pastor is actually the one that reached out to her. Now the main beefing with the pastor. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> he said, because of that, I never have anything to say to that pastor again. Well, damn. You now you beefing with the pastor? Who the fuck does that? The shit gets super super awkward and Paige finally says you know what what are we doing here he says well if you're asking I haven't come to any new revelations you know he he that kind of talk with that damn uh the overtone overseer ass voice I haven't come to any new revelations well boy why the fuck are you calling me you know they say 5g uh making folks grow extra ears and extra eyes and you got that girl on the phone for no damn reason see you the definition of a fuck boy she gets up and she finally walks the fuck away. Good. Good job, Chris. I mean, Paige, child, not Chris. Damn sure not Chris. Chris, go to hell. Paige is too cute and too smart and too in tune with the Lord and the higher power to stay attached to. See, I have a new nickname for Chris. I call him Cain No Able. She is too in touch with herself to be attached to Cain No Able. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. I doubt it. No, nope. She walks off and she actually goes over there to a couple of booths over and talks to the producers. They tell her, well, look, if you're not interested in this, tell him you're not interested in doing this back and forth. Just be direct with him and tell him. She tells him basically all of her feelings. And then he starts doing that. I had my guard up. Bullshit. You know, you know what them fuck boys do when they, oh, he, he is so fucking annoying. He, oh God. I can barely talk about Chris. That motherfucker annoys me so goddamn bad. He goes on a rant about being afraid of, you know, having someone else raise his kids. And uh, 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 then he says, you know, I feel like I'm doing the wrong thing, trying to make the right decision, meaning that he's leaving his marriage to go and raise his child, I guess. <laughs> I guess raising his child is the wrong thing. And I guess raising this child can only be done as a single man. I don't know. You got to ask Chris. That ain't my damn business. After this whole spiel, he asks for her grievances, basically. And she says that he never gave her or their relationship a chance. Y'all, at the end of this conversation, they were shaking hands and introducing themselves to each other all over again. Listen, I hate 
every motherfucking body. I hate everybody. Everybody, do you hear me? <laughs> they pissed me off so damn bad. I, my mama calls me because she watches the show live too, and she says, "Now if she don't leave him. I don't know what I'm gonna do." <laughs> we look, we too damn invested in this shit. I told her, "Mama, we gotta stop watching this because they go upset the hell out of us." Before I end this episode, let me talk about Vincent and Brianna at this damn salsa class. Whew, his anger is starting to show more and more every single week. See, it looks like his trigger is looking foolish, either appearing foolish or someone making him feel foolish by something they say, even if it's just his wife that's around. Like, it's super weird. But you're going to have to learn how to control that shit. She did all this nice shit. She's planned a whole date for y'all. She did some nice booking it for you. And you had a sour puss face the entire time. Only because you're not too familiar with salsa. Well, duh, you were going to learn salsa dancing. If you were familiar with it, you'd, you'd go salsa dancing somewhere. Ain't See, he kept getting mad. Because he didn't know the difference between his right and his left. <laughs> I'm convinced. Blame your kindergarten teacher, not your wife. Look, see, I got a trick for you, Vincent. Okay, hold both of your hands up out in front of you. Now make an L using your thumb and your pointer finger with both with both hands. Now the one that looks like an actual L, that's your left hand. <laughs> and the other one, the backwards one, ain't. It ain't, it ain't that damn complicated. Left one, the L, left. Right one that ain't, ain't. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com also don't forget to follow me on instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast that's at housewivesmarvelpodcast this is kendrick and i'll see ya Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.